we're back into Luke's Gospel, and we've reached Jesus' baptism. And I think it's very reassuring how uh, the Lord is leading us as a church. I mean, uh, I said when I came here last February, it's almost a year now that I've been uh, here as assistant pastor. I'd be starting in Luke's Gospel. Uh, pastor's been preaching uh, his particular series, uh, and this morning we've reached uh, Jesus' baptism. And tonight we have uh, Seth's baptism. I didn't plan to preach on baptism this morning uh, because of this evening, but the Lord knew. And uh, Christmas came in, there were delays in my series, uh, but he's brought us here this morning to look at Jesus' baptism. Now the Lord is, is with us and he's leading and guiding us as a church, in a few weeks' time, in His will, we're going to have uh, uh, believers being baptized after an, an evening uh, service. And then a little later on, there's planned another baptismal service in April or in May. But here this morning, we're looking at the baptism of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's verses 21 and 22. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son. In you I am well pleased. Now it came to pass. It's as if uh, with these words... Some versions start this uh, verse 21 with the word now. And there's something of that sense in the original. Certainly there's a, a wonderful Greek word, genomai, which means uh, it came to pass. Now it came to pass. As if we're, we're being drawn particularly to consider this now. Sit up and, and take notes. Take notice. Jesus was baptized. It might be translated this way. Now, moreover... Jesus himself came to be baptized. I have three simple points this morning. Number one, why was Jesus baptized? What actually happened at his baptism? And finally, what can we learn? Now, first of all then, why was Jesus Christ baptized? Let's begin with a negative. Look at chapter 3 and verse 3. This is the ministry of John the Baptist. And he, John the Baptist, went into all the region around the Jordan preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. So why was Jesus baptized? Let's say, certainly, let's begin with a negative. It wasn't because he needed his sins to be forgiven. Because the Bible is very clear that Jesus Christ was utterly, utterly Perfect in thought, word, and deed for 33 years. There's a wonderful verse in uh, Acts chapter 10. Uh, Peter's preaching at the house of Cornelius, and he says, Oh, Jesus Christ, who went around doing good, that's all he did all of his 33 years. He went around doing good. There's an occasion in John chapter 8 where he stood before a hostile crowd. And he issues a challenge himself. Now, I wonder if you could do this before a hostile crowd. Jesus says, who of you can prove me guilty of any sin? And nobody could. That's his, uh, his enemies. 
At his trial, we know that Pontius Pilate, after examining him carefully for such a period of time, uh, he says, I, I, I find no fault in him. I find no fault in him. Peter, one of his uh, closest disciples when he's uh, writing his first letter, is inspired to use uh, these words. Jesus, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. He committed no sin. Here's somebody who had a front row seat for three years with Jesus Christ. And he says, I tell you, I've watched him. If you want to know what I'm really like, I could fill you for a while. I've been here for a year. I wouldn't think there's anybody who thinks I'm perfect. You'll all be able to have a list of my faults, I'm sure. But if I stood here and said, no, I actually, I, I have reached this state, and there is a Christian heresy you can reach, something called sinless perfection. It is a heresy. It's quite wrong. As a Christian, I'm a, I'm a sinner saved by grace. The only difference between me, well, there are differences, there are many perhaps, but here's an essential one, between me and an unconverted person is that my sins have been forgiven. Past, present, and future. It all happens in Jesus Christ who lived for me, died for me, and rose again. But I tell you this, I still battle with sin. And along with you, I'll have my besetting sins, and yours will be different to mine. Some people's besetting sins are obvious. And we need to be careful not to point the finger because we have our own problems. For many of us, they're thankfully hidden. And no one knows but you and the Lord himself. Maybe it's best it stays that, that way. But oh, after three years of being with the Lord Jesus Christ, Peter says, he committed no sin. There was no deceit in his words. John, another close disciple, uh, says this about the Lord Jesus Christ in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 5. He says, uh, in him, in Jesus, there is no sin. The apostle Paul who met Jesus on the road to Damascus, says that uh, he knew no sin. There's nothing wrong in his thinking, in his words, in his actions. Jesus Christ is utterly, utterly perfect. So why would he undergo this uh, baptism that John was performing by the river Jordan? Well, three little points as to why he was baptized. Number one, it is a wonderful picture of his work, right at the start of his public ministry, why has Jesus Christ come onto the scene? Why at the age of 30 does he reveal himself? It's John the Baptist who points towards his, uh, his uh, second cousin and he says, oh, behold the Lamb of God. Here's what he does. He takes away the sin of the world. Now, his baptism right at the start of his ministry is a picture of that work that he's going to perform, that he is performing, that he will bring to such an utter completion that on the cross of Calvary, he will cry out. Uh, I don't know what language he uses, uh, but it, he cries out, it is finished, and the Greek word is tetelestai, and it's an accounting term that means complete, finished, all the work 
that was planned in eternity past, was prophesied by the prophets, came to a great culmination on the cross of Calvary. It's um, Welsh poet Isluin. It is finished, Jesus said, as he bowed his sacred head. All that God did ever plan was accomplished for man. No, his baptism is a picture of his work as he goes down under the waters and comes out of the waters again. Here is a picture of the work he would do, the washing away of our sins. It's a picture. His baptism is a picture of the work he's going to complete for you and for me. He's going to wash away our sins. The Apostle Paul is inspired to see wonderfully and to uh, write down the work of Jesus Christ. God, God the Father, made him, Jesus Christ, who, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become, we might have the righteousness of God in him, in Jesus Christ. This is what it's all about. I love this verse from, uh, from Peter as well. 1 Peter 3 and verse uh, 18. Christ Jesus died for sin once and for all, the just on behalf of the unjust. Why? To bring us to God. To bring us to God. John saying he appeared that he might take away sin. Now, what other religion, what other cause, what other leader has ever claimed that? Jesus Christ appeared that he might take away our sin, our biggest, biggest problem. He stands in our place. Jesus Christ is our great vicar. The Greek word used here is, uh, he is he, he, he's vicarious. He, he, he's, he's the one who stands in our place. Now, many might take the term uh, vicar or priest. There's only one vicar. That's Jesus Christ. There's only one great high priest, and that is Jesus Christ. He's the only vicar, the only great high priest. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. He stands in our place. His baptism is a picture of the great work that he has come to do. Also, see this, his baptism right there at the beginning shows his full identification with you and I. He truly is very God of very God, but he becomes one of us. Jesus, one of us. Emmanuel, God with us. In Matthew's account of the baptism of Jesus, we have these words, Matthew 3 and verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And here's an interesting insight. You can understand it. Here's John the Baptist baptizing uh, many people who are, who are coming to him. Uh, some John the Baptist tries to put off because, well, they're, they're just uh, coming out of a, 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 a religious form. And he says to them, uh, who warns you to flee from the wrath to come? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. So those who are being baptized ought to be producing fruit 
in keeping with repentance. John the Baptist, when he sees Jesus coming, John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And are you coming to me? You understand that? John the Baptist, he, he recognizes who this is. You are coming to me? Surely I need to be baptized by you. And he tried, and it's quite a strong word here, tries to prevent him or to deter him. But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he allowed him. Jesus Christ fully identifying with you and with me. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. Here's Jesus Christ. He's circumcised on the eighth day. His parents pay the redemption fee. They couldn't afford a lamb, so it's two turtle doves. He was born into a poor family. He celebrates the, the Passover and all the Jewish festivals, not because he's a sinner, but because he so fully identifies with you and I. And now he undergoes this, uh, this baptism. Fully identifying. It's a picture of the work he is doing. It's his full identification with you and I. And thirdly, it is the beginning of his public ministry. Maybe when uh, a sporting person uh, has uh, his first ever cap, here is his baptism into international rugby or cricket or football. It's a beginning. It's a baptism. And often they say, well, he had a baptism of fire here. His first appearance was a real uh, challenge. And here's the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the beginning of his public ministry. He's declaring, here I am. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 5. Therefore, when he, Jesus, came into the world, he said... Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book it is written of me, I have come to do your will, O Lord. His baptism, 30 years of hidden work, do you know, those 30 years were absolutely vital and essential. We only had a little glimpse at the age of 12 when he, uh, he appears with his parents. He goes to the uh, festival in Jerusalem. He hangs on uh, behind and they find him then three days later with the, uh, the teachers in the temple courts. And then the veil is drawn again from the age of 12 up to the age of 30, we hear absolutely nothing. 18 more years uh, he spends. And all those years are absolutely vital because what is he doing in those 30 years plus the next three years of public ministry? Well, those 30 years are vital as well because he went around doing good. He's living a perfect life as a toddler. I was at a birthday party yesterday 
my daughters has reached the age of 40. You start to feel, I've got a 40-year-old uh, daughter, and uh, she's got two boys. You might call them the terrible twins. One is uh, he's coming out of it, but the other one is still very much in the midst of it. And at the start, I was saying, uh, oh, where's, uh, I won't mention his name. Where, where is, uh, we'll call him Fred. He's not called Fred. Where is Fred? Uh, I, I haven't heard him yet. Oh, he's, uh, he, uh, it wasn't long before I had heard him. And he comes into the room like a whirlwind. And uh, yeah, we, we knew he was, we knew he was, oh, there he is. There's Fred. There he is. Oh, what a, what a life Jesus lived. What sort of a toddler was he? Can you imagine? And going to the synagogue school and sitting and listening and doing his, his lessons. And he had to learn things. He wasn't born talking. He had to learn to, to talk. He really was like you and me. And then he became a teenager and he did have hormones and they, they were raging. And uh, well, what sort of a teenager was, was he? And then he learns his trade under his father in a carpenter shop. What was, it, what was it like? And to be with him around a meal and to go out and to play with, with him and to, have, to be his friend as a teenager. What was it? I'll tell you what he was doing. He was utterly perfect. It's how we should be at every stage. But he's weaving a wonderful garment that I need to wear to get to heaven. And I need a perfect garment. It's a beautiful garment. He's weaving a righteousness that he will give to me. But at the age of 30, and at his baptism, he is a marker. Here I am. And then we're going to see the Spirit drives him out into the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. Here's the marking of his public ministry. He's here to do us good. His baptism, a picture of his work, his identification with us, the beginning of his ministry. That's, uh, that's why he was baptized. Now, what happened at his baptism? There's John in the River Jordan and having uh, consented to baptize uh, his cousin the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, he takes him into the waters and he is baptized. Now, I, I, it's pretty plain to me if words mean anything. Uh, baptizo, uh, he was dunked under the water. He went under the waters of the River Jordan and he came out again. I know there are some exceptions in the uh, scriptures where it can mean poured or sprinkled, but predominantly it is he is submerged, he is immersed He's overwhelmed. Uh, the word baptizo, immersed, submerged, overwhelmed with the waters of the river Jordan. That's it's a picture. You know, it's symbolic. We've had the, the why. It's a picture. It's his identification. He's saying, here, here I am. It's a picture of what he's going to do. Under the waters, he's washing away our sins. He comes out. He's going to do and to commence this wonderful, wonderful ministry. But as he emerges, and as he's praying, what happens? There's a wonderful, wonderful reality. There'll be a baptism here tonight. There'll be symbolism. Now, I don't think Seth is going to be immersed. I don't know what's going I'm going to be interested to see. 
I'm really interested. It'll be lovely to be here. It's at the end of the service. I know Owen Batstone is going to be here and he'll be doing the, the baptizing, uh, but it's probably going to be a, a pouring or a. I mean, we'll, we'll see. But how there's symbolism here. The baptism will do nothing for Seth. Jesus Christ can do wonderful things for Seth. In a few weeks' time, in God's will, there'll be. Is it under here? This is what these boards are about. We lift up the boards and we fill up a hole with water. And uh, youngsters, I think it's mainly youngsters this time, who have this experience of uh, having their sins washed away, will, in obedience to the Word of God, they're going to be baptized. They'll go under the water, they'll come out again. It's a picture of the gospel and a picture of them saying, Here I am, I'm nearly my colors. To the master, if you haven't been baptized yet, either as an infant or uh, my believing parents or as, a, as an adult or a child who believes, then you need to be baptized. You need to be baptized. But the symbolism that Jesus goes through, the water is met by a wonderful reality and that's what we crave. And while he prayed, here's the first thing, the heaven was opened. What oh, ought to have been there? Huh. Was there a blue sky? Was there a cloudy sky? There's the River Jordan. There's John the Baptist. There are people there. And Jesus is being baptized and heaven is opened. You know, there's another realm. It's all around and about us. There's uh, eternity that's been there forever. There's the triune being, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. As well as this physical realm, there are myriads and myriads of angels. There are archangels, seraphim, cherubim, uh, angels, and they are God's messengers sent to help those who will inherit salvation. And uh, we're told that angels long to look into the things of, of the gospel and they behold in wonder what God is doing for rebels who have sinned against Him. And I wonder about these empty pews. Long to see them filled with people. But let's not be unaware that we do worship in the presence of angels. And if they long to look into these things, where would they come? Where would they go to a Bible-believing church where the gospel is being preach and I, I'm sure that these are not they can't, can't be empty angels but, but he is here with us oh, are we aware of eternal realities we're so time bound and earth bound but there are times and or oh, maybe more frequent and regular happens in times of revivals where in Carmarthenshire it's reported in the Western Mail people heard singing in the air now it's long before ghetto blasters it wasn't one of those, and nobody had a windy-up gramophone that could have made such a noise. If they had, yeah, they did have windy-up gramophones in, in those days, but it wouldn't have been one of those. They heard singing in the air. What, what happened? Only this, a little bit of eternity pushing into time. And what happens at Jesus' baptism? Well, the, the curtain's drawn back a little. Well, a lot. Heaven. Why don't we know more of it? Heaven was sealed by the events in the Garden of Eden. Adam did this. 
And we're all born with the demerit of Adam. And heaven's been sealed by sin. And so we walk around in a mist and in a fog. But by the grace of God, our eyes have been opened and the eye of our soul sees something of glory and hears something of glory. And we're drawn to things where eternity is preached about. But oh, the reality is heaven. And when this passing world is done, and when sin is dealt with finally, and when the devil is sealed in the lake of fire, and when those who refuse the gospel go to their just deserts, it's my just desert, but by grace I've avoided it in Jesus Christ. But those who resist the offer to come, one day sin will be dealt with. All the veil is gone. We're back into reality. Now, Jeremy's getting a real taste of that right now. Oh, where would I rather be? Well, I'm sure the Lord still has work for me here to do, and you have that dilemma like Paul. Oh, he says, Paul, I'd rather be, de depart and be with Christ, which is far better, but convinced it's better for you that I stay. Well, I don't know how much longer I've got. But it is far better to be with Christ. This is a sad world. And a sin-soaked world. And we're here to be lights in a dark, dark world. Jesus is the light. And we in him become lights. But here all that happens is that which is sealed by sin is opened up momentarily. It's a picture. It's a foretaste. It happened on other occasions in the in the Bible, here's, here's Stephen, he's been uh, arrested. He's on trial before the, the Sanhedrin and he's going to die a, a terrible death. He's not going to enter glory easily and yet the Lord's going to be with him. Acts chapter 7 and verse 54. And when they... So the Sanhedrin heard these things. They were cut to the heart and they gnashed at him with their teeth. It's pretty angry, isn't it? But he, is he afraid? Being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, look, I see the heavens opened. Sanhedrin didn't see it. And the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran at him with one accord. I saw heaven opened. It happens here at the baptism of the Lord Jesus Christ. Heaven was opened. That angelic, angelic heavenly uh, reality this, this earthly realm pierced with the presence of that great, great reality. And there's one thing that happens. The heavens were opened. Secondly, we're told this. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. Heaven is opened. And from the heavens comes, well, it's the Holy Spirit, but manifest in the form of a dove, that beautiful bird of, of peace and cleanness. And this dove settles on the Lord 
Jesus Christ. He is the Holy Spirit. A priest, a prophet, a king. In their Old Testament anointing, oil would be used, setting them apart for the work that God has called them to do. The oil symbolizing the Holy Spirit. And here is Jesus Christ. Now he's all three. He's our prophet, our priest, and our king. And the Holy Spirit descends upon him. Here am I, a preacher of the gospel. There are you, a believer, sat in the pews. Uh, The Holy Spirit has visited our hearts. He resides in us. With the Lord Jesus Christ at His baptism now, He receives the Holy Spirit. We're told in the Gospel of John, He receives the Holy Spirit without measure. That infinite presence of God the Holy Spirit. Now there's something of a mystery here. The 30 years previously as the toddler, as the child, as the teenager, as the young carpenter's apprentice with his friends and at meals and going to the festivals. Uh, who is he? He's the eternal Son of God. He's become one of us. He's one, pers- one person, but he has two natures. As the divine nature... He's in full fellowship with the Father and with the Holy Spirit. That is unbroken. God cannot be divided. God does not change. But as to his human nature, now at his baptism, the Holy Spirit comes upon him in power. He receives the Holy Spirit without measure. Have to be careful in speaking even of these things. Why? He's going to carry out his earthly public ministry now in the power of God the Holy Spirit. And the only way that you and I can live the Christian life, the divine life, is to know divine power. All the battles we have day in and day out, or to preach the gospel, to share the gospel, just to live the Christian life. How am I to do it? Oh, I need God, the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ receives him without measure. And we're told in John chapter 1 and verse 16, of his fullness, we all receive. But I don't receive it in part. He has it in infinite measure. Am I dead here this morning? Have you come into the building not yet a believer? And you need life. And Jesus Christ can give you life. Are you weak as a Christian? Do you desire to be strong? Jesus can give you strength. Are you ignorant of things? You need wisdom. How do I deal with this situation? You need to go to him. Whatever the need, the answer is the Lord Jesus Christ. And all then, and I think we'll finish with this this morning. Maybe one or two little applications. There comes a voice from the glory and here it is you are my beloved son in you i am well pleased this declaration oh it's wonderful to know that uh, as far as Pilate was concerned there's no fault in him it's wonderful to know that peter says i couldn't find any fault in him and john says the same but all that really matters this morning is what does the father think of his son.
That's the voice we want to hear. I know the father had been watching for 30 years. And he says, I'm well pleased with you, my beloved son. I am well pleased. And the next three years, he will be well pleased. And were he not well pleased, he wouldn't have been risen from the dead. No, the father saw it all. Here comes his great affirmation. With you, my son, I am well pleased. Some quick lessons then to finish with. Number one, Jesus was baptized. I must be baptized. It's not an option. It's not a suggestion. It is a command. Believe and be baptized. See, if you haven't been baptized yet, then come rush into the little room one of these Sunday nights soon and put your name on the list. There's a baptismal service coming up in March. There'll be one a little bit later on because one of the candidates who wants to be baptized can't make March. We'll do something later for him. But add your name to the list. It's not a suggestion. I must be baptized. Second lesson we can learn from the baptism of Jesus Christ. It is a wonderful revelation here of the being of God. The Trinity involved here. God the Son being baptized. God the Holy Spirit descending on him. God the Father speaking. And as our friends are baptized, as Seth is baptized, as uh, others are baptized, they'll be baptized in the name, one name, of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Notice this as well, that the triune God is fully involved in our salvation. You know, there's, a, again, a, a heresy. And, and Christians can... can do, you, do you think this yourself? But banish this thought. It's as if... God the Father remains angry in heaven. But God the Son, oh, he really quite likes us and he's come to put things right and he lives and dies and uh, he rose again and, and now he's, he, he, the, the Father's happy too. No. No. God so loved the world. This is God the Father now. From eternity past. The wonderful word, uh, proginosco, which means uh, to have loved forever it's to have known forever with a with a love and God the father from eternity past it's the father taking the lead and he's the one who sends his son and his son's arm doesn't need to be twisted oh he he willingly comes here I am it's written of me in the volume of the book I've come to do your will oh Lord he does it willingly and the Holy Spirit says oh I will be involved I will empower him And once that work is accomplished, I'll visit Heath Evangelical Church. Yes, I will. I'll be there on the 29th of January. And I'll visit that pew in the gallery. And I'll make these things real to that person. All the triune God is involved in our salvation. Oh, there are many more things. My time has gone and uh, I think, I'll, yeah, I will leave it there. There's more things I can possibly add, might well add next time, or we'll just press on. But there's enough there for this morning. The baptism of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Have you been baptised yet? A bigger question. Have you trusted in him? Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing flood? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Don't leave here this morning without the Lord Jesus Christ as your Saviour. If you want to know more, Please come and interrupt me on the door. Make sure you know this mighty Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this all too brief time 
in your word. Time goes so quickly. Swift to its close ebbs out life's little day. And soon we're going to be landed in eternity. Where will we spend forever? Oh, help every one of us here to have trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, to be in him. And then the Father, having been well pleased with the Son, will be well pleased with us, not because of us, but because of him. Oh, to God be the glory, we do pray. Amen.